Six games have come and gone. On today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast, we are going to give our midseason grades for the Louisville Cardinals. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. Also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time, as always, to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. On today's episode of the show, we are giving our midseason grades for the Louisville football team. We will break it down into three segments by giving grades to the offense, the defense, and then finally, the team as a whole. So we'll begin with the offense. Obviously, a slow start for the Cardinals offense. Um, Obviously, Malik Cunningham was out for one of those games just recently against the Virginia Cavaliers. But like I mentioned, kind of a slow start. I'm going to read the statistics here in a second, but we'll go ahead and give our grade. I think my grade for the offense as a whole is a C+. Um, And basically, the, the short justification behind that is that there have been some optimistic signs from the Louisville offense, but you're still wanting more, right? Um, there's some things that haven't necessarily been consistently satisfactory. Um, you know, you've seen some good signs, but when you break it down statistically, when you look at it game by game, you're still thinking, okay, yeah, the offense has been getting better week in, week out, but you're still kind of left wanting more. The offense has you know struggled to clutch up in certain uh, circumstances, but Nonetheless, let's break down the statistics first. I'm going to go through some statistical categories and where the Louisville Cardinals rank for the season. Scoring offense, they're 81st in the country, 27.2 points per game. Um, Passing offenses, 230 yards per game. That is good for 83rd in the country. Passer efficiency rating is 125.48, which is 102nd out of, um, I think it's 130. FBS teams, 130, 150, I think it's 130 or a little over 130. Um, The team has allowed 11 sacks, which is 61st in the country. Rushing the ball-wise, they're averaging 207.2 yards per game, which is 24th in the country. And then third down conversions, 39.8%, which is good for 63rd nationally. Total offense, 437.2 yards per game for the Cardinals, 43rd in the nation um so a lot to kind of break down there right let's start with the passing game obviously the passing game has um taken a little bit to get going um you know that first game against Syracuse really nothing was going for the Cardinals 31 to 7 loss to the Orange against Central Florida uh the offense was able to at least get the job done, but it was, hey, it was mainly the Louisville defense, in my opinion. Um, Florida State game, you were able to put some points up, but when it mattered the most, you weren't really able to go down the field and keep drives alive in the second half. 
Um, you beat South Florida 41-3, to which was the best offensive performance of the season. 33 points in a one-point loss against Boston College, and then obviously Brock Doman's first career start in Charlottesville this past weekend, and the Cardinals put up 34, and they were able to double the score over the Virginia Cavaliers. So the passing offense, um, like I said, I think that it's been satisfactory at times. Um, obviously, a lot of fans have been kind of, well, actually not kind of, have been significantly critical of the play calling. Um, you know, not you know, mixing it up and keeping the offense predictable has kind of had has kind of made its effect on the passing game has taken its total where you're putting te the team in third and long situations. I mean, they are kind of close to very middle of the pack um, in terms of third down conversions. Uh, it seems like the playbook's opening up a little bit more with each coming week and the passing offense has looked better with each passing week, but still it's at a point this season where in, in let, let me just say this before I get more in depth in the passing offense the reason why it's a C plus in my opinion is because the expectation coming into the season what that was that this Louisville offense was going to be solid. You returned four of the five starters on the offensive line, and one of those guys, you know, Brian Hudson, played a significant amount last year. You returned, um, you know, your starting quarterback, your star quarterback, the star of your offense, a star tight end, of Marshawn Ford. Um, you lost some receivers, but you gained more in the transfer portal, and you were able to. Um, bring back some key pieces as well in the in the running back committee. I mean, you upgraded there. You got Tyon Evans, and you brought a, a good nucleus of running backs back to the um, to the program. So the expectation was that a veteran-led Louisville offense was going to be very successful. And I'm sorry, but a team that's scoring 81st. The you know the team is scoring 81st in the country in points per game, 83rd in the country in passing yards per game. Look, I get it; it's a rushing dominant offense, but still, you know you can definitely make the case that there should be more uh, passing yards. There should be more uh, passer efficiency. I mean, they're one of the least efficient passing offenses in the country so far through six games, and the schedule hasn't necessarily been overly tough. Um, the sacks allowed it is what it is because 11, you, you, the differentiating number between, you know, top 25 and top 100 in sacks, it's, it's, you know, less than five, right? So, um, you know, rushing attack, top 25, kind of what you expected for sure. Um, but like I said, the expectations for this offense were pretty, pretty high. You had a, a good amount of continuity. You brought in, um, a bright young mind in Lance Taylor, um, Granted, it, it is questionable in terms of what his role is in terms of the game day planning and things of that nature, in my opinion. Or maybe if, if it's been said, I, I've forgotten. But 43rd in the country in total offense, you just feel like at this point in the season, after six games against a, you know, a, a part of the schedule that, look, it's really not all that difficult so far. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, you've played Syracuse, which is essentially top 25. Florida State's been flirting with the top 25. Uh, Virginia's bad. Boston College is bad. South Florida's bad. Central Florida is what it is. But this offense, in my opinion, should be looking better than what it is right now. Now, granted, some of these numbers get skewed because of that opening game loss against uh, Syracuse and then UCF. You can make the case that the offense is improving. It's getting better week by week, which was kind of the case last year. And I get it. Look, this is a, is a team that's establishing the rushing attack, which is 
excuse me, which is pretty solid, and that's what you're looking to do. Um, but when it comes to um, predictability uh, in terms of offensive play calling, um, you know, just stagnant drives, um, middle of the pack, third down conversions, a passing offense that I thought was going to be better at this point. And I think that that's just what frustrates me is that you have skill players that are fantastic all over the offense. You have a quarterback in Malik Cunningham that is very, very solid. Um, and, and like I said, I think that two things can be true at one time. You can make the case that you're not um, satisfied with where the offense has been through the first six games, but you can also acknowledge the fact that it's getting better slowly but surely. But still, when you factor in context, uh, the first two games, the offense didn't look good. Um, and then the next four are against teams that you should have beaten. You know, All of them are against teams you should have beaten. Yeah, you put up over 30 in your past four games, but you know it, it really hasn't been too awfully impressive because it feels like you know, a good amount of points have been left on the board. But regardless, um, I think that the Louisville offensive line is playing a lot better. I think that Malik Cunningham looks more comfortable in the pocket. Um, Brock Doman came in and had one heck of a first career start. The rushing game is continually improving every week. And, um, you know, the the wide receiver committee and, and Marshawn Ford and the receiving committee as a whole is getting more involved. And it seems like the play calling has improved, but we have to continue to see that improvement, especially going into this tough back half of the schedule. So um, let's transition now into the defensive um, segment of the show. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-opening or I'm sorry, an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant. Inflation is hitting us where it all hurts. And look, it really, really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out with every purchase. I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. With the new job that I took in early September, I've been traveling a lot more throughout the state, eating a lot of fast food um, in transit. So I'm you know, filling up my gas tank twice a week. I'm eating out almost every day, at least for lunch. So that's why I download at Upside. Um, it has allowed me to get you know, at least three times more cash back with Upside. To get started, you can download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Once again, that's downloading the free Upside app and using the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So switching over into the defensive side of things for the Louisville Cardinals, obviously I gave the offense a C plus, and I went back and forth here with the Louisville defense. Um, you know, statistically speaking, there's been certain aspects of this defense that have looked a lot better than last year, but there's also certain aspects of this defense that have not looked better than last year. Um, so defensively, I went with a B minus here. I think that there are some very, very encouraging statistics uh, from this Louisville defense through the first six games, but some of those consistency issues have, uh, you know, popped up, and the passing defense is still kind of struggling here and there. So let's go through the statistics. Um, 
Turnovers gained. They are 14th in the country, uh, forcing 12 turnovers. Uh, first in the country in total sack yards, 167, and fifth in the country in sacks with 22. Uh, passing yards allowed per game, 227 yards per game. That's 65th in the country. Rushing yards is 133.8 yards per game allowed, and that is 53rd in the country. They are 96th in the country in opposing passer efficiency. Opposing quarterbacks are having a passing efficiency on average of 141.56. So that's kind of a um, an alarming statistics is alarming statistic is the fact that um, you know opposing quarterbacks have been pretty successful in terms of efficiency and um, really haven't been tested a lot by the Louisville passing defense. Look, um, there's a lot to unpack here from the defense. Uh, I think. You know, improvement wise, I think that the secondary has struggled almost all season long outside of the two games against Central Florida and South Florida. Um, Syracuse, you know, Garrett Schrader uh, really tore that little defense apart as a whole. Florida State, the big plays, um, you know, allowed the Seminoles with the backup quarterback to come into Cardinal Stadium in the home opener and win that game. Boston College, a couple big, big plays, a 40 yard rushing touchdown, two long, long touchdown passes over 70 yards to Zay Flowers in Virginia. Um, there was a big passing play, but the Cardinals defense especially the secondary bent, but did not break. Um, simply put, I think that there's a lot of talent on the secondary. It's a matter of the coaching staff putting these guys in the right position to succeed, you know, putting them in the right scheme to where it's, um, you know, allowing them to, you know, be at the best possible level to succeed. I, you know, I think that the same issue that a lot of fans have been kind of questioning over the past couple of years is the passing defense. You know, why Louisville defensive backs are playing 10 yards off the ball, especially when you only need five to six yards for the first down, um, you know, zone coverage. It, it seems like a lot of receivers, opposing receivers are finding the pockets of space in the defense and just kind of camping. They're getting there to their spot and turning around and being able to catch it and even turning upfield and getting yards. Um, tackling has been an issue um, a good amount of this season, especially in that secondary. Uh, so yards after contact has really kind of hurt the Cardinals. Um, and then the big play. Louisville's defense has been really susceptible to giving up the big play. Um, Sean Tucker's touchdown in week one uh, is very notable. Florida State had some big plays to Johnny Wilson. Um, you had the Boston College game, the two 70-yard touchdown passes to Zay Flowers, and then the 40-yard touchdown pass from Brennan Armstrong last week against Virginia. So the secondary still kind of struggling rushing-wise. Um Started out kind of rough, um, you know, going into that game against Florida State after the first two weeks, but Louisville's rushing defense has kind of been able to uh, at least tune things up a little bit. But um, Boston College going up against one of the rushing, the worst rushing offenses in the country, and the Eagles were able to make the Cardinals pay on the ground. Now, granted, the very next week, Louisville only allowed six rushing yards to the Virginia Cavaliers. Still, that inconsistency throughout the defense when it comes to tackling, um, coverage, um, you know, scheme, uh, coaching, things of that nature. I think that there's a lot of talent on this defense. It's a matter of just putting them in the right position to succeed. Uh, but I think that there's um, some 
encouraging things that we've seen from this defense through the first six weeks that need to be addressed as well. Last year, the main issues for me were bringing pressure after the opposing quarterback, you know, getting into the opposing backfield and creating tackle for loss situations, um, and just overall being better in the linebacking core. And fifth in the country in sacks, they are averaging, um, well, averaging, um, Three turnovers calls per game, which is – or turnovers forced. Wait, wait, hold on. No, two turnovers per game, sorry, which is 14th in the country. They're number one in the country in sack yards accumulated. Um, and fifth in the country in sacks. Um, I want to see the tackle for loss number as well. I think I need to go and check that out. I think that's uh, – I'm not sure if that's a statistic that I can find or not. But regardless – I think that the defensive line has been pretty solid. Yaya Diaby, Ashton Gelati, Yasir Abdullah, the linebacking core with uh, Monty Montgomery and Momo Sonogo. And then you have guys like um, you have guys like Ben Perry and Des Tell. Jared Dawson has been getting in there. There's been a lot of um, you know, Dorian Jones. There's been a lot of you know rotational guys coming in and making some plays. And I think that that's where Louisville defense, Louisville's defense has been pretty, pretty solid, right, is the fact that they're – you know, getting after opposing quarterbacks, they're bringing the house. They are, you know, getting into the opposing backfield and they're creating tackles for loss situation. They're getting sacks. Now, obviously, um, sometimes that's not necessarily being capitalized on when, you know, you're struggling in coverage. But that's kind of why I'm at a B plus, because as much as there is to pick on and as much as there is to criticize, there's also some stuff that you need to acknowledge in terms of you know, praise in terms of credit. You'll give credit where credit's due. I think that the coaching in the secondary could be a little better. Um, I think schematically, um, you know, it, you, this Louisville fan base has been kind of clamoring for a change in terms of uh, how Louisville's defensive backs are being used. Um, but regardless, um, you know, it's kind of like the offense. You're wanting more and you're wanting that consistency aspect. There's been two games where the Louisville's defense has been very solid, Central Florida and South Florida. But there's also been times where the defense has not looked good against Syracuse, uh, at times against Florida State, uh, Boston College, so on and so forth. So I'm giving them a B plus. I went back and forth from a B, I'm sorry, B minus. I went back and forth between a B minus and a C plus. But the, the growth in the pass rush and the um, ability to get into the opposing backfield kind of led me to go into that situation and be into a B plus. So um, now it's time to give the grade for the overall team play throughout the first six games. We're going to do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Nissan. This week's thrilling, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Louisville Cardinals weekend game or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the Cardinals is Brock Doman's breakdown touchdown run that ended up tying the game at 10 against the Virginia Cavaliers in the second quarter uh, with seemingly all the momentum going to the Cavaliers. This was a big time play, a big time decision on a broken down play for Brock Doman. Um, that has been, you know, one of the big turn turning points in that game when I went back and watched it. Um, and Hey, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all new frontier 
Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. So heading into the final segment of the show, giving the overall team grade for the Wobble Cardinals as a whole, that grade is a C-. I think that it was critical in the first half of the season for Louisville to rack up the majority of the wins that they were going to get through the season. And for obvious reasons, looking ahead to the back half of the schedule, currently speaking, five of the six opponents remaining on the Cardinals' schedule are all ranked. So um, you needed to get the results. And hey, in year four in Scott Satterfield's tenure, you're past the moral victories point. You have to end up getting the results. And I think that that was kind of the driving factor here for the C-minus grade is because, yeah, you saw some um, improvement from last year. You saw some... um, you know, you saw some encouraging moments from the defense, some encouraging moments from the offense, but overall it's been kind of lackluster. And the only thing that um, separated this from a C- minus to a D plus is just getting three wins. Um, you were able to get three wins, but you should have gotten four, probably five. Excuse me. Um, Look, I don't think that Louisville has had that good of a first half of the season. Sure, they have three wins, and those are three wins that you could be happy about. You can celebrate those. But let's look at the three wins. Yeah, the Central Florida win, I mean, it is what it is. I think the, that was a, a solid win. You know, UCF is 4-1 and one on the season so far. Um, they have yet to have a victory with less than 17 points throughout the first, half, first part of the season. Now, granted, um, you know, it's still going to be – a situation to where you know they haven't really gotten to the meat of their conference schedule, but regardless, I think that um, you know, Central Florida is a decent opponent. But the other two wins, a South Florida team that's pretty bad, and Virginia, who is arguably one of, if not the worst team in the ACC. So um, you look at the losses: Syracuse thirty-one to seven. The team came out, uh, frankly, uh, kind of flat, uninspired. Um, got outcoached, got outplayed in all facets of the game. Defensively, they struggled to tackle. Offensively, they put up seven points against the team that they uh, granted. They put away at halftime last year at Cardinal Stadium, and the team just was not able to get any momentum. Um, the next game against Central Florida, you win by um, six points. It's a very sloppy game in which no team truly wanted to win. They won 20-14. to 14. It was a victory in the bouncy house, so that's uh, worth noting. But offensively, the Cardinals didn't look sharp. Defensively, it took a performance of the ages to come out victorious in that one. Third game of the season against Florida State. Um, you know, the offense looked like it came alive a little bit more, um, a little bit more comfortable on offense, but defensively giving up the big play. Um, and then the inability, I'm sorry, the, the inability to finish late in games, which has kind of been a recurring problem over the past three seasons for the Louisville Cardinals, popped its head out again. And, um, you know, here you are at one and two, a team that you really should have beaten in Florida State that really could have turned the season around. You beat South Florida 41-3. to It's kind of hard to look too much into that when you handle business. And, hey, that is worth something. You know, some teams can't handle business, and you did that in convincing fashion. You probably put together the most complete game of the season, 41-3. to But then you turn around and you lost to Boston College, a team that you were favored to beat by two touchdowns. You opened up as a 17-point favorite. You lost by one point. You went up against a rushing offense that – 
literally averaged like less than two yards per carry. Now, factor in sack, yardage, and things of that nature kind of skewed that number, but Boston College ran for their season high. Um, this was a Boston College team that literally just got beat by 30 against Florida State, a team that you should have beaten, and the Eagles used big-time plays to defeat the Cardinals. They committed three turnovers in the first half, and you only went into halftime with a two-point lead. Yes, Malik Cunningham got hurt, and but... I mean, you were unable to you know, come out victorious in that one, but then you turned around and you beat Virginia. You handled business, unlike the week before. You beat Virginia for the second time since joining the ACC back in 2014. You beat them 34 to 17, which you needed to do. But you're three and three, and you know you've left your one, actually two wins on the table. And very grand, I think you should be five and one. I think you should be five and one and four and two. And it's all about results. Now I think that uh. You know, this is a very talented team. I think you can definitely make the case that, um, you know, some changes definitely have to be made coaching-wise, uh, play calling both offensively and schemes on defense. Um, it's the same issues over and over. The mental mistakes uh, from 2020 have trickled into 2021, which have trickled down into 2022. So I think that C- minus is kind of an accurate depiction of how the first six games went. Three wins, three losses. Look, the moral coming into this, or the moral of the story coming into the season was no more moral victories. It's all about getting the results. It's all about finishing. It's about executing late in games. It's about consistency. It's about not beating yourselves. And in two of the three losses, you did just what you've been struggling to do over the past couple seasons. So um, I wanted to give a little bit better of a grade here, but I couldn't come around to do so because of the fact that they're three and three and the 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 pathway to bowl eligible bowl eligibility is very, very tough. I mean, you're going to have to beat essentially two current ranked teams, assuming you can beat Pittsburgh as well. So look, it's going to be a tough, uh, tough battle. Um, you've kind of dug yourself into a hole. Now it's a matter of getting out of it, but um, a C plus for the offense, B minus for the defense and overall a C minus. I wish I could get better grades, but I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm not going to sunshine pump, but I'm also not going to be a Debbie Downer trying to look at this from a numerical aspect and analytical aspect and just trying to call it how I see it in an unbiased fashion. So that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder to uh, check out the Locked on ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. That show also runs five days a week. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.